Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast bummed about this week's news. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the Middleist brother. Yeah, that's me, uh, Ryan Newman. And by the oldest brother. And that's me, Trey Newman. All right, I could sense a little somber attitude yeah, from Ryan I, there. Both of you guys, yeah, understandable. Today's life. episode, we're going to cover all of the uh, the bad news over the last few days. So the Big Ten and Pac-12 have postponed or canceled their fall seasons. And this all kind of started on Saturday when uh, the MAC became the first FBS conference to, to cancel their season. And then on Sunday, there were a bunch of reports that the Big Ten was looking to do the same. And there was even predictions that the whole Power Five by the end of the week would would shut down the season. Um, so with those rumors, there started a movement. A ton of players took to social media saying they wanted to play the season. And uh, it was largely led by Trevor Lawrence. The, the hashtag we want to play movement got started. That joined up with the hashtag we are united movement from the the Pac-12 and the, and the Big Ten. So uh, all the Power Five conferences involved and Trevor Lawrence posted an, an image on Twitter stating the goals of this group, which included universally mandated safety protocols, guaranteed eligibility extensions for players who opt out, and the creation of a college football players association. So first off, before we get to the cancellations, what were your thoughts on the players rising up like this? I don't really have a problem with it. I enjoyed seeing all the players kind of come together, voice their opinion uh, of wanting to play and and fight for fight for uh, what they what they what they want. Uh, most even kind of explained on their in their tweets of why they felt safe playing and and not just wanting to play to play. Um, and it's a perfect time for them to come up with with some form of an association or group or whatever you want to call it. I mean. If anything good comes of this, these bad times in the college football world, at least, uh, it might be that at least the discussion is going to be brought to the table of, uh, for the players to have more of a say and maybe even a cut of, of the pie, if you will. I mean, we kind of talked about it a little bit last week, but they're not going to get everything they asked for, but it can't hurt to ask. And this seems like it, it's going to at least lead to something for the players, even if it's not much. Yeah. I think that's a thing where some, people maybe that are on the other end of the spectrum than I think all three of us where we're cool with this like we think like it's great we think the players deserve a little better treatment um but if you look at it from the other side I think some people think like maybe it's just they're going the wrong way they're just like hey these guys are amateurs they shouldn't be asking for a share of the pie and things like that but the things that they're asking for are pretty reasonable okay um maybe you know so I don't think they're gonna be so far from what I've seen it seems like it's an organized uh kind of a um, realistic almost approach to what the players think they can get and then um, the way they should be treated. So I think there should be some things that come of it. And this is obviously like Trey said, with all these, with this time right now, it's the perfect time to kind of take it to the forefront. And I think everybody will be more, um, uh, more willing to listen uh, to these issues right now uh, than they probably would have been in the past. So uh, I think they'll have a little more support. Yep. I, and I'm sure, you know, some of those people that were against the, I guess, the Pac-12 and Big Ten movements, maybe were largely because they just want to push forward with the season. 
well, now to have a group of players that is in favor of the season, but is also in favor of the players having a voice, that kind of puts everybody in the same group. It seems like yeah. now everybody, not everybody, of course, but a lot of people are in favor of of the players voicing their opinions, whether that be for COVID protections, um, you know, d- threatening to sit out the season unless they get COVID protections, or those that are really want the season to happen and are, are trying to exert that influence. But I think the uh, it's kind of a good news, bad news for, say, the ACC, Big 12, and SEC, because I'm sure they're happy that, hey, this gives them more of a reason to have the season, because, of course, that's what they want. The players voicing their opinions saying, hey, we want to play, even Trump tweeting it. Uh, it's just there was some momentum to say, hey, let's let's try and make this thing go forward. Now, they were probably unhappy with the fact that they included the prospect of a players association. That is very bad for the establishment. I mean, at least in their eyes, it seems. I don't think it's bad. But um, yeah, just kind of a interesting, interesting Sunday for sure. I mean, we went to bed on Sunday night thinking college football was almost for sure done. Obviously, it's yeah. not, not necessarily yeah. the case now. Um, okay, so let's uh, let's skip ahead to Monday then. The Mountain West dropped out. Old Dominion dropped out. No surprises there. But the the players were still making their pleas on Twitter. That movement was still going. Coaches joined the mix. Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh, James Franklin, very notably Scott Frost as well, made their case for there to be a season. But then, unfortunately, on Tuesday, became official that the Big Ten is canceling the fall season with an eye towards playing in the spring. Very soon after, the Pac-12 announced the same thing. Big question. What do, what do you guys think about these these decisions? Uh, I can't go... I can't get angry either way. Like I couldn't got, it wouldn't have been angry if they did decide to continue to fight and play. Um, maybe fight was the word, the wrong word, but to, to decide to play and I I can't really get upset with them for not playing. Um, there's just, there are so many factors to consider that it's hard to wrap your, your head around all of the things. Like if they play, then, okay, then, you know, then a lot of the schools will get a lot of the revenue and the people that work for the stadium will get some, get their jobs and the people, the restaurants around will get jobs. And it's just like, so there's, there's a big benefit for that. Then, then it's like, well, then are the players more at risk or is it going to spread the disease a little bit more or the virus a little more? And the flip side, I mean, if they, if they don't play, then it's, there's some negatives too. I don't know. It's so hard that I, I just, I'm fine with it. I, I'm fine that they made that choice. Um, you know, they thought that it was the best decision. They don't just come up with these decisions like that. They obviously, I mean, the last thing they wanted to do was cancel. I mean, they, they don't want to do that. Why would they want to do that? Nobody wants that. They just felt like they had no choice. So I, I can't fault them for it. I'm, I'm distraught. I, that losing, <laughs> losing March Madness was one thing, but now a whole fall football season, like that's just going mm-hmm. too far. I, w- I want to punch COVID in the face, like hard. Yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. It, uh, but I don't get, especially, especially for us being me being a USC fan and all of us being Nebraska fans, the, the fact that the Big 12 or the Big 10 and uh, Pac-12 were the first two dominoes to drop, not not great. Yeah, and all the other conferences as well. Um, yeah, yeah. Not, non-Power 5. But uh, but one thing I just cannot get, there's a couple things with the Big 10. What was the deal with the hoopla around the schedule release less than a week ago? Like, what changed so quickly to have it have it cancel? And then, and then they're also talking about right now, they're allowing teams to practice. So... They they can practice and train each week for the twenty hours. I'm sure this might change, but as of this moment, they're allowed to. So like, I don't follow the logic there. Where 
what they're just not going to get COVID in practice, but then get in a game like. Well, that's that's a good question. Are are these practices? I'll I'll just I'm ignorant to this. Are these practices full contact practices like they would be in the in the run the up to the season? The only difference is they're not wearing pads. They're not wearing pads, but they're still a hundred plus they're guys hitting each other. It's actually together probably worse. And, you probably want to wear pads. Yeah, that that um, doesn't seem that doesn't seem. I just logical. I just don't get that. So I, something will probably change there, but at the moment that's still apparent technically allowed. Um, in the end, I, I I do think I understand why they canceled. I'm not. I'm not blind to that, of course. Um, it's just it's hard for me, like you, Ryan, for me to vehemently agree or disagree with with the decision. I just wish they were maybe a little more transparent on exactly why they're canceling. Like, is it liability? Is it politics? Is it image? Is it science? Like, I just wish there was a little more clarity in that regard. Yeah. And the real answer is probably a combination of all of those. Um, right. But yeah, I, I'm I'm with you guys. It's it's understandable why they they made this decision. Just the whole backdrop of this is that, of course, the United States right now is not in a great place when it comes to uh, dealing with COVID. I, last I checked, we were having around double the deaths per day than all of Europe combined. So it's just unfortunately a really bad time for us to be making this decision. You know, there's there's going to be a lean towards playing it safe. Um, and here's here's the quote from Kevin Warren, the, the commissioner for the Big Ten. So he said, quote, as time progressed and after hours of discussion with our Big Ten task force for emerging emerging infectious diseases and the Big Ten Sports Medicine Committee, it became abundantly clear that there was too much uncertainty regarding potential medical risks to allow our student athletes to compete this fall, end quote. So I know that's kind of a basic statement, but it sounds like they're listening to the right people. They 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 have their committees that they're listening to who are experts and they weighed their I mean, input it, heavily. You can't fault it. I mean, you got people that are, you know, well over 300 pounds um, that are probably maybe more at risk. Uh, you don't know which kids have these uh, underlying issues um, that could pop up. And it's just, mm-hmm. I mean, you saw, we've kind of seen so far with baseball. I mean, they had a pretty darn big, uh, I guess, uh, infection rate at the beginning, you know, the Marlins just had it completely go throughout their whole clubhouse. So if something like that happened in the college game, it just would be a lot, um, harder to swallow, I think for, um, you know, like a, a university, it's like, that's supposed mm-hmm. to be there for their kids. So, you know, it's, um, uh, it's tough. And as far as what changed, we'll, we'll get to that in a sec, but it, cause you said, yeah, the big 10 just released their schedule and now all of a sudden they're canceling the season. It seems like from, from what I've been reading that the, I guess, growing worry over this myocarditis, the, the yeah. inflammation of the heart that is can be very dangerous and it's possible link. I know that's still emerging evidence. We don't have enough evidence to say that it is more heavily linked than, than other viruses, but there's concern that that is the case. So that seemed to, to kind of emerge in the last week. At least they started thinking about it more. Uh, um, but anyway, so let's, let's talk more specifically about the actual reasons. We brought up a couple um, what do you guys think are the main reasons that the Big Ten and Pac-12 decided to to postpone the season? I mean, I think it's I think it's a variety of things, of course, but I'm leaning more towards the liability and image. Uh, they know that if they want to maintain their their coined phrase of student athlete or amateur athletics, they can't force these unpaid young kids to to play. Um, if a player contracts it and has serious complications from it. Uh, they don't want to be responsible. 
uh, nor do they want to spread it amongst a team and be forced to cancel the season and then have kind of a tarnished image with people saying, I told you so. And, and what were you thinking? So it yeah, was, and it doesn't it really was, matter what the, even though there is the, we want to play movement, like they'll come back and say, why did you let it happen? Like, you know what I mean? Like they're going to be held responsible either way, even if they are getting pressured to play like the university leaders, you know, if we go too, too much down the road or whatever, if they do play and a bunch of people get it, then everybody's going to be like, well, you shouldn't have let that happen. Like, you, you can't just fold it and let the kids decide to make you change your mind. Like, it's up to you to make the right call. So, even if that was their case, I think they still have to just, you know, make the right call in their eyes. But, mm-hmm. um, And so, the, the Pac-12 was, at least from what I saw, a little bit more specific. Uh, the Their medical advisor, advisory committee came out with a report that highlighted four main issues that you know that are the reason for for shutting down the season and i assume many of these are are similar to to what the big 10 was considering though not all but uh the first so number one there was just the general spread of the virus most of the pac-12 schools are in areas that are currently at a, a dangerous level of community spread and of course these athletes are not totally in a bubble so that's obviously one concern just COVID 19 in general the second was health restrictions this probably applies more to the, the Pac-12 than the Big Ten. But uh, like for right now, for, for example, in L.A. County, they USC and UCLA are not cleared to have quarterbacks and receivers playing catch like that right now is against the ordinances or guidelines. So that that was presenting some problems. The third reason was the myocarditis, which we brought up a little bit ago. Um, so that that liability that kind of speaks to your your point, Trey, about liability. That's that's huge there potentially. Uh, and then the fourth, which is another big reason is testing. They're using up, you know, public and university resources for, for these tests. And the, the PAC 12 medical committee said that they, they really need those quick turnaround tests for at least, you know, according to their guidelines for it to be a truly effective prevention strategy for not just, you know, catching and preventing a spread, but actually preventing the, you know, initial infections. So those, uh, those were their considerations and they all sound reasonable to me. Maybe it's, it's a little bit of, of AD speak, but USC's athletic director, Mike Bones said, in my view, no reasonable minded individual could have listened to the facts presented by our medical experts and believed that we had any other option at this time. And that's, that's, what that's kind a of pretty strong me. statement. It frustrates me though, is cause like you got the PAC 12 doctors saying that, which I'm not refuting because i don't i'm not a doctor but then you've got acc and sec doctors apparently saying it's fine so like why isn't why aren't they where where's the camaraderie here where's the continuity but that's a different uh different topic yeah that's one issue people have brought up that maybe college football in this case would be better off with a more unified structure um but and we'll talk about the other schools it, even though yeah. it seems like we're saying this is at least a reasonable decision like you said earlier ryan doesn't mean that the decision by the other three power five conferences is unreasonable i mean there's medical experts right now this is a novel virus so it's not like the medical experts are all going to say the exact same thing so um yeah i I think they're listening to their experts and the pac-12 and big 10 oh yeah I, i see both sides right now okay um let's see uh so one argument that has been very popular especially in the last few days is that the players would be safer playing a football season than they would if there is no season yeah what do you, what's your guys take on that 
I mean, when you really think about it and you really kind of break down, like, what are these actually kids really going to be doing when when you compare it? Like, what are they going to be doing when they're actually, you know, playing on a team and they have those responsibilities and they're in that structure and they're in that environment, like, almost all day? I mean, they're always in that facility pretty much the vast majority of the day. Or if they're, you know, season and they're just on their own. I mean, I can't say one way or the other. It depends on each individual kid, how they treat it. You know, some kids are going to take this very, very seriously. And if they, um, if there is no season, they're going to be smart and they're going to make the right choices. Others are not. Others are going to go out there, party, uh, just pretend like they're invincible. That's just inevitable. There's so many of them and they're young and they're, that's just normal. But, um, so this is where it kind of gets into like, you know, I guess the, um, I, I just, I, I can't decide. I, I can't be mm-hmm. the one that makes this call, but I see the argument for them being safer. They're going to have better testing. They're going to be constantly tested. They're going to be monitored by the doctors that at the athletic facilities that they have. They're great doctors. They're going to be fed well. They're going to have better uh, immune system because they'll be healthier. I mean, it's just, I don't know. I, I, I see both sides and I actually see the reasoning why they actually would be safer uh, in that, uh, you know, playing yeah, I, I can see the argument too. Um, I there's there's a potential a t- potentially a few things that I see though that go against that argument. So the first is that having a season is kind of guaranteeing a lot of of interaction. You're going to have what 150 players and coaches and staff around each other. You're going to have full contact practices. That's that's kind of like a one big party every day. You know, going to going to practice. Um, so, and then those, you know, those coaches, they're going to go home to their families. The, the students aren't in a bubble, so they're still going to be interacting with members of the community. So you can see how that is worrisome. Um, now the, the second argument is that if they can keep a lot of these same health and safety protocols that are currently in place, that a lot of schools have been doing a good job, that would be really helpful. So for example, Ohio state announced that, its players are going to remain on scholarship. COVID-19 testing protocols are going to remain in place. Um, the They're going to have access to the sports performance, medical slash training and nutrition areas. Um, and the the current, like I said, the current safety protocols are, are going to stay in place. So that would kind of make the kids safe. It's not hanging them out to dry. I think that might be the best option if you're not going to play the season, obviously. Yeah. I mean, and, it's great. That's absolutely great. But unfortunately, I don't think that's going to happen at every university because you get the argument, too, of some of these universities are having students on campus in a much less structured environment that these football players would be like. They'd be like Ryan said, they'd be at the facility. They'd be in that team environment and they'd have structure and plans. I'm not campaigning yay or nay on that, but um, that's what I've heard. You know, see some people their their claim is they're going to have an average student on campus in dorms and fraternities and stuff with, with no, with a lot less structure kind of on their own. So, um, and, and people aren't as overly concerned uh, about that as when you talk about the team, but that's again, another, another topic. So I, but, but it's just one of those things like we're not going to, we're kind of sound like we're on the fence, but we can, we're, I think all three of us are pretty rational in the sense we see, we can generally see both sides um, mm-hmm. when it comes to this. But when we talk about the, uh, I kind of touched on this earlier, but I just kind of want to bring it up again, where it's, we are having this argument where it might be actually safer for the kids. I mean, there's there's arguments to be made that if they're, you know, playing football, they're safer in that environment. But 
then you also have like consider the like I mentioned earlier the all the jobs and all the money that it would bring in and the fact that you would save so many other people's jobs the the other other sports at the school they would be able to stay alive where I mean obviously football no football for an entire year lose a hundred million dollars in revenue you're gonna have to cut sports you're gonna have to cut jobs restaurants businesses people in the cities of these college towns they're gonna lose their jobs yeah so it's a ton of people that are gonna do it and is that worth the, you know, I know it's hard when you're talking about health. Yeah. But it's like, yeah. is there a difference of playing and not playing? It's hard to say. I don't, it's, it's just another factor that I just can't weigh. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's that's a good point. It's, it's, good, a tough it's another decision. factor. <laughs> um, okay. So the, uh, the school that has maybe been getting the most attention these last couple of days is Nebraska. They have been very vocal in terms of not wanting to play or in terms of, sorry, wanting to play the season. Uh, even though the Big Ten, of course, canceled it. Uh, Scott Frost, along with the university president and chancellor, released a joint statement, and they said, quote, we are very disappointed in the decision by the Big Ten Conference to postpone the fall season as we have as we have been and continue to be ready to play, end quote. So what are your guys' thoughts? Do you think there's any chance that happens? What's been your reaction to the backlash against our our beloved Huskers? Uh, f- first question, do I think there's a chance that Huskers play outside of the conference? And I, I think it's pretty slim. I, I gotta be honest with you, uh, to be able to come up with a, a, a decent schedule where the big 12 pretty much, I think they already, didn't they already pretty much just say that they're sticking to just big 12 and, and the commissioner big, uh, Bowlesby was like, nah, we haven't heard from Nebraska. So yeah, I, I just don't think they're going to be taking on, you know, another, an extra team. Um, and Kevin Warren, the, the commissioner of the pack or the big 10 basically said, yeah, they can they can play another, uh, you know, p- play this football this fall, and then they're not a member of the Big Ten anymore. I mean, he's such a he basically said that. I know he did, and that that well that kind of leads to the next question of the uh, the backlash that Nebraska's gotten. It is crazy to me how much backlash they've got. I, it is so ridiculous. I mean, Desmond Howard, uh, Pat Forty was just taking some low blows. Wilbon. <laughs> Wilbon, yeah, Wilbon. Uh, I mean, but it's like, how about, so I could, it, I, this was brought up on Twitter by a bunch of people, but it's just like, how about, I mean, you're getting mad at Nebraska for wanting to play football. Like, really? You know, but you consider what uh, the Big Ten, what has gone on in the Big Ten in the last decade? I mean, you have Penn State with their giant well, yeah. scandal. I'm just saying, like, you're telling, you're, you're saying kick Nebraska out of the conference for wanting to play football, but you're not getting harsh on Michigan State and Larry Nasser and Ohio State, two 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 things that they've had go down, Urban Meyer covering up uh, domestic abuse, and then earlier with their wrestling program, Penn State with, you know, Joe Paterno. I mean, I think Ohio, Iowa with the, the racist coach. Like, you know, Iowa. there's a lot more reasons to get mad at a program than for Nebraska to play football. I mean... No, that's true. I not, mean, that's, those are all... Conference. This is not a dictatorship. Nebraska has the right to voice their you know displeasure they don't just have to go along with the the line here i mean it's just it's mm-hmm. i mean those things you are obviously all much worse yes so what yeah so first of all i don't think there's a chance they'll they'll play but this the the backlash for nebraska and i'm not just saying this because it's our team i'm i would i'm kind of trying to look at this as if it was any other team it this kind of really triggered me like the power of media has been on display here where they were basically making it fit a narrative that wasn't entirely factual. Nebraska's statements never actually said anything about joining another conference. 
Uh, and then, in, then well, the next day, Scott the media Frost, st- didn't Scott Frost in that first thing before they even canceled the season, he says, we'll, we'll play elsewhere. Something like that. I mean, he didn't yeah, say join another also conference said in he, those words. So, but. so hear me out. Hear me out. He says, okay, the, the next, so they say that all of a sudden the narrative is that Nebraska wants to leave, uh, join another conference when that was never actually stated. The next day, the media is saying that Nebraska wants to join the Big 12. That was never said. It just, uh, it was convenient since Nebraska came from the Big 12 and they haven't had success in the Big 10. Frost's exact quote on Monday was that we are a proud member of the Big 10 and obviously want to play a Big 10 schedule. His, on Monday, Frost was praised throughout the country for his thoughts and, and nearly identical statements were made by, uh, Ryan Day, Jim Harbaugh, James Franklin. Then the next day, Tuesday, they cancel and Nebraska's kind of the one that's targeted. I understand they were more vocal with the, the statement that they made, but it was in line with what some of the other conference members were saying. Um, and no one ever said, Nebraska never said they were going to leave. They just said they'd entertain playing in other, other teams. Yeah. Ryan Day. No, Ryan I don't think Day people t- really thought that they were going to just straight up leave the conference. I'm not sure anyone well, reported that. I know, but I mean, you I see think a they lot were... of these articles from Walken, Walken and the, them saying, oh, go to the Big 12. But like, no one's ever said, no one, no one's saying that. But then you get Ryan Day today actually said, he backed up Nebraska and said, we're still exploring options. Some of the things Nebraska asked about are some of the things we continue to ask about. So it's just, mm-hmm. it's just amazing how the, it's fit into this j- solely Nebraska. But l- let me ask you this. If you're any school in the Big Ten or Pac-12, and on the same day that your conference cancels, other conferences are saying they're still committed. Like, how would you feel? Like, how is your resp- – it's just – it's such a um, – it's hard. It's, I just – my point is – I'm on a soapbox here, but <laughs> don't be mad at a school like Nebraska or any other for wanting to play. Be more mad at the the conferences and the NCAA that can't act in unison, like – that's kind of going to be my slogan if I run for well, we could governor pretty much of college football, the whole country like, as a whole there. Well, so, okay, how about I take a little bit of the other side here? I'm not saying I'm super mad at Nebraska as, as much as some people have been, but there's there's politics, of course, with within these conferences, and the Big Ten is kind of a, trying to pre- present a united front. So I can I can understand when... The other university presidents, yes, sure, the coaches can can say what they want, um, but the other university presidents are presenting that united front. I mean, the the comments from even if they express disappointment, it's not nearly as much as as Nebraska did. Um, so when they're they've got that united front, the majority of of the the schools in the conference voted for this, and and they're you know under the leadership of the commissioner that they all empowered as to to lead the conference. So they. They made this decision, and it's like, all right, that's that's it. We're moving forward with it. And then Nebraska is clearly taking the most antagonistic approach to that. Like they they had a statement, not just the the Scott Frost saying stuff, but a statement from the president and the chancellor, basically saying, I mean, they didn't say it in these words, but this is BS, and we want to keep playing. I don't know. I can understand why that would ruffle some feathers. I'm not going to be super upset about it, but I guess I understand a little bit of at least the conferences. The, the, the rest of the Big Ten Conference being upset about that. Now, Mike Wilbon and Desmond Howard, it's like, all right, guys, chill out a little bit. It's not it's not the end of the world, but I guess those are my thoughts. Yeah, I I just think that they have a right to speak out. You know, it's uh, 
I, I don't see the the big issue with that. I mean, it just I, it just took on a life of its own. I think it got blown a little bit out of proportion and mm-hmm. whatever. Fair or unfair. Yeah, I, it, how about it, talking it about some of these low blows though? Like, you know, what was it? Forty said, "Oh, then maybe Nebraska <laughs> can join the AAC, good level competition or something for them." It's like, dude. And then Desmond's like. You know, or no, there was another article, I forget who it was from, but he was like, the person was like, oh, Nebraska wants to leave? Okay, whatever, who cares? But it's really more about Ohio State and Penn State. That's where the Big Ten needs to focus. It's like, dude, I mean, yeah, people are really overreacting suck, about bro. Nebraska. We suck, bro. We well, got it. It's like, we don't <laughs> suck that bad. We've had three bad years. And it's like, we've been in the conference nine years, six bowl games. It's like, how bad have we really been? And it, to think we're going to be down for ever is also stupid but more than that we you know nebraska brings so much you know money to the conference i mean we, the fan base and the following is huge but it's like geez wheeze okay mean, all right it's there's crazy. the bros thoughts uh it, all right so moving easy. on to uh the other three power five conferences the big 12 schools were reportedly they were kind of on the fence uh after the the pac-12 and big 10 made their decisions but then they came out and and with a statement that essentially said right now they think it's safe to proceed with a season and of course if that changes obviously they'll they'll change course and the ACC and SEC basically the same thing so what are your thoughts on on their decisions and what are your predictions about what's going to happen that's that's a tough question but yeah I know I mean it it's it still seems unlikely that only those conferences will end up playing but if they do I guess at this point more power to them I you know Michael, Michael, like you just said, like this is an unprecedented, unprecedented time. And I'm really not willing to say anything with conviction. I know. Uh, I agree with days. you. It's just like, you know, you, you look at like the NFL. I mean, they could change its tune and and cancel. And it, at this point, I guess that wouldn't surprise me, even though people are saying they're full go. So it, it's tough. But if they do play, I kind of brought it up before. I just I would love the doctors and leaders in the decision I would love them to explain to the rest of the country, just because it'd be interesting to know um, what how, what went into their mindset of of why they're playing versus. And I would love to hear the doctors and and leaders of the other conferences that don't play. I'd love to hear both sides yeah. of what was actually stated. That'd be well, even the the SEC commissioner Sankey, he he's kind of said the same thing when he's like, "I'd love to hear the what the Pac-12 and, and Big Ten were looking at, so that we can you know use it to to make our decision." So. Yeah, it's like, what do you know that we don't and vice versa? And, and the mm-hmm. last thing is like, can you imagine the player and fan uproar if the ACC, SEC, Big 12 go through and it goes off without a hitch? Like, it's going to, it'd be, be fascinating to, to sit back and watch the fireworks. Yeah. Everyone would be like, oh, Nebraska was right. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I've been, uh, I have, um, I guess I've been, um, uh, so far on this episode, I guess maybe it seems like I'm a little on the fence about which way was the right move. But, you know, I've been saying for several months that I just really didn't see any way it was going to happen. I just didn't think it was realistic. Yeah, you've, you've been pretty consistent on the podcast a little bit, but off the podcast quite a bit that yeah, you didn't a think it stronger off was the happening. Pod. Just I didn't want to bring everybody down that's listening yeah. here. But I really just thought it was super far-fetched. Uh, the way I you, know, you compare it with baseball, you, the NBA was you know, making it work. Uh, but they had to go to a bubble and go to some severe, super huge restrictions to make it work. And it just, I knew that was impossible for college football to do that. And especially since they're not professional athletes. Um, it it was one of two things had to happen. There had to be a vaccine and it had to get throughout quickly, which was never going to happen. 
uh, by this time, and or the cases had to go way, way, way down. But by the um, numbers and just by the judging of what's gone on around the country, knew that was pretty far fetched too. I don't think the ACC, SEC, and Big Twelve will end up going through with it. Um, you know, when they already have two other conferences already down, um, I don't think they're going to take the risk. Um, and it just, I don't think they can realistically do it without there being, you know, um, especially when you consider there's a lot of those schools are in some severely hot spot areas. I mean, you know, just look at Georgia and Florida. It's like, they're having some of their record highs. Like, how are you going to manage that? And you can't risk it. So yeah, I, I wish I could say it would happen, but I really don't think they'll go through with it. Okay. I, I definitely don't have as much confidence as, as you do. Um, because some schools have, you know, they've been having students of on campus, of course, the, I mean, the athletes on campus and uh, managing it pretty well. That's the difference. Well, yeah, it's not going to be that's that's going to be bad when when you have the whole student body come to campus. Although, you know, I'm not sure how many schools are having the entire student body come. I'm uh, I'm guessing that varies around the country. Um, but so as far as my prediction, yeah, I don't feel super confident like Trey. I'm not willing to make any bold proclamations. I would predict that that there is no season, uh, even for yeah, these conferences. I hope I'm wrong. I hope you know that we don't have outbreaks. I hope that um, they deem it to be safe. But I guess that that would be my guess, just based on you know all these other conferences canceling. Yep. Okay. So, but but if they do play, if these uh, three Power Five conferences, and of course there's still some some G5 conferences that have not canceled. Uh, what do you see happening as far as transfers? away from the Big Ten and Pac-12. Ooh, yeah, that's tough. Mm-hmm. That's why we get um, paid the big bucks to podcast, Ryan. We answer man, these yeah, questions. I, I, I don't know if the they're going to... They have this so little time to, to get to transfer. I don't... And the, and the school year's already started. Like, so I don't think they can. Has it? I, I don't think it's... Think well, it's, school year will have started very shortly. Yeah, soon. Not for everyone, though. <laughs> very but, yeah. shortly. So, yeah, I don't... I don't know. I mean, this all these decisions would have to be made within a very, very, very short amount of time and very uncertain times. You know, why would a kid transfer if there's not really sure at all if they're going to be able to play? Um, if they're because if they're going to have games, so I, I don't know. This one, I'm going to go ahead and I mean, I'm going to predict. I don't think there'll be really any um, from these from the Pac-12 or Big Ten. I think they will um, just. Uh, well, I guess you think the the season will get canceled anyway. I mean. I'm kind of. Oh low. yeah. Well, even if the if the does, oh, but yeah, go we're with assuming three, they do. They do play. Yeah. Yeah, we're assuming they do. So, to, but I'm kind of answering the question. Even if they do, um, I don't. I don't think they'll get any transfers. I mean, I think that there would be some transfers. Uh, there's, of course, some players that could grad transfer. I'm sure, and the NCAA has got to make a big decision as to whether they're going to allow these pl- players who aren't grad transfers to transfer without having to sit out. You would think that they they would allow that uh, the more I think about it, just because it just seems very unfair to. Yeah. Well, this brings up another point to me that I forgot to mention when we were talking about repercussions of, you know, mm-hmm. not playing next year. How are you going to have to give every senior another year of eligibility? Well, I guess you have to give everybody another year of eligibility, right? I mean, well, so even the- if you're a sophomore, that's unfair if, to a sophomore. If you take away, yeah, the NCAA just announced like an, an hour before we got on here that oh. they're going to grant eligibility extensions for student athletes who opt out of the season and uh, an extra season for those who participate in 50% or less of a full season. So yeah, that, that brings up issues, like you said, with 
scholarship limits if there's yeah you're gonna have like 110 scholarship people or so like you can't do that especially when you lose 100 million dollars from not playing well and there's there's a limit of 85 so are they gonna are they gonna increase that limit assuming the nca would increase that for Mm -hmm. a little while i guess because you'd have an extended period there but who's you know i mean the big big schools i guess could probably do that but you know some of these a lot of most of these small schools can't get away with that yeah that's that's a that is a whole issue that I have no idea how you solve that. I know. Um, but NCAA has got to make some decisions. And um, so, so let's say they do allow players to transfer without, without penalty. I think you would, you would see some transfers. Now, I don't know if it would gut the rosters like, you know, like some people have, have worried or speculated about nah. because there's only so many scholarships up for grabs in those three Power Five conferences and I guess the G5 conferences. I, I assume yeah, most barely. of them are, are close to full. Now I'm sure they can make some room if if some really good players want to transfer or maybe guys would be willing to walk on, but I don't think that's going to be the hundreds of players. I agree. Yeah. I mean, like you said, the NCAA would have to act quickly for this upcoming season if there were. So there might be a couple, but I kind of view this more as say they do play and I look at kind of this upcoming off season and next year, like there there might be players in the Big Ten and Pac-12 that say, Huh. Well, these conferences and their schools backed them up and allowed them to play and kind of fought for them. I might want to go play over there and play with, you know, in their conference because they're, they're backing mm-hmm. their players. Whereas our conference didn't let us do that. So they might be there. Again, I don't think it's going to be a substantial amount, but it might be a couple players that have that mindset where they're like, Hey, screw these guys. They didn't let me play. Those guys did. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go over there. So. That might be um, a, a case for for some players, but I don't. It's not going to be this mass exodus, I don't think. Well, that's a possibility. And then conversely, if the season doesn't go well, or if you know they have to quit two weeks in, or they have you know outbreaks, then it it could go the opposite way, where the Big Ten and Pac twelve are saying, "Hey, we we put the players' health and safety first. And yep. you know, I think there. That's just a narrative right there, but I, I think. Hopefully they're all they all have the the best interests of the athletes at heart. I know that's uh, hoping for a lot, given uh, given all the money that's involved in the history of the NCAA. But you know that's yeah. yeah. What can I what can I say? Um, all right. Well, let's uh, talk about the tentative plan of the the Big Ten and Pac-12 to play in the spring. So this is our last topic for the episode. I've seen a lot of people say there's no way. I know Urban Meyer basically said there's no way you can uh, put that toll on the... the st- See Urban Meyer's interview where he had the dude in the <laughs> yeah. background? Yeah, Urban Meyer had an interview on ESPN where there was a shirtless guy in the reflection behind him. <laughs> I don't know what was going on there, but it was pretty yeah, where, funny. Where was he? I don't uh, know, but he was a, like... Maybe they're at a pool he or was, something. I have no idea. And and he, men's club or something. But he, he uh, knew him or resort. something. He knew yeah, they were, he knew who he was, it looked yeah. like. <laughs> Anyway, great clip. Uh, so yeah, guys like him have said, no, this is, this is not possible to happen. I've seen other people say it is possible, but would be very difficult. Almost nobody's saying it's going to be easy. That, that's for sure. But yeah, what, what do you guys think? What, what camp are you in? Well, I don't see it happening um, for a variety of reasons. I mean, I'm not even going to talk about like the, the NFL, NFL draft reason, but from a pure football perspective, kind of like what Urban his his point was, and I've seen I've heard other coaches mention this is even without COVID in the world, they've expressed their displeasure um, of that 
they don't want their kids playing essentially two seasons within six to nine months. Uh, that's is bigger toll on their body than potentially COVID could. Um, but number two, I just don't see like COVID's just not going to go away here in a couple months. And even if a vaccine came quickly, which it could, but it, it's unlikely, like the whole entire population isn't going to get it in time. And I just, there's going to be a need. The only way I see it happening is there still needs to be a major mental shift um, in dealing with COVID if they're going to play any sports in the spring, not even just football, like basketball and all those others. So it'll be, it's, I mean, I yeah. hope, believe me, I would love to watch it in the spring. I'm not against it. I just don't see it happening. Yeah. And there needs to be a shift in just the, the cases and the, you know, the, the, the death numbers. Like right now, we're not really in a position to just say, Hey, let's, let's throw caution to the wind and just play all these yeah, sports, do Trey everything. We're, we're, a shift with the country and how we, look at the virus and like you know just not enough people are taking it seriously enough so the to prevent the spread but i'm um, sorry to cut you off there mike no that's okay i was probably gonna say something really important but i forget but the, the group <laughs> sure. that i'm in is uh is is more that it's possible but it it's probably very difficult so i think the number one factor going against it is is the virus uh i just like you said it's it's not going away um it is a factor that a lot of players would sit out with, of course, the NFL draft coming up right there. Uh, I think you would see definitely a ton of, I don't know if it'd be you know 200 or 300 or what the number would be. I think that's a factor. I don't think that alone, though, would preclude um, no. the possibility of having yeah. a season. Yeah, I, and I'd be shocked you if you have a handful maybe much. on each team. Yeah, yeah. Who, who knows? Top teams. Right. And then, obviously, weather is a factor. That's kind of a an obvious one. You're playing in winter, but I'm, I think you could get through that. That huge thing also is, in addition to COVID, is, is yeah, the playing two seasons in one calendar year. Hopefully, you could mitigate that a little bit. Maybe you just have a six-game season. Um, you start it as early as you can in the year. You, of course, no longer have spring practice. Maybe you have to move the fall season back a few weeks. In my head, I mean, I don't know. In my head, that doesn't sound impossible or, or crazy. No. Um, it seems like creative ideas are, are what they're going to try to to do because they're not going to play a 12-game season, obviously. Yeah, that's the thing where, I, you know, I mean, I, I think it would be possible maybe if you start it in like February um, and you end it Hopefully in April. Hopefully earlier, but yeah. Or even January, yeah. Ryan well, Day was that's where we're talking like January. The, the vaccine might not be distributed enough. By February, maybe it, it could be. Maybe. Who knows? But yeah, I we're all we're all speaking hypotheticals here no guys. ryan Just, you ryan maybe I, you can't say that for sure <laughs> it's like okay i know i'm not saying this <laughs> ryan, is gonna happen ryan, right maybe <laughs> maybe right february or something whatever so let's say you play yeah eight games whatever and yeah um so you could do um and you'd finish in april you know february march and april three three whole months you got well there's 12 weekends within that maybe 13 weekends within that time frame um so you got opportunities to play, then you're done in April. So you got what? April, you got May, June, July, August. Let's say you pushed back until like early November. So you got whoa, so that's pretty far back. Months. Well, I mean, it's. I think you could get away with it. I think that's would would take. Uh, you know, I more, don't know. Um, I don't, I don't think I, a lot just, of people would join that, but yeah, it's something. How about one thing? Well, would you rather have zero? I mean, I don't know. Again, it's so hard. But would you rather have nothing? than in the spring and i mean everyone know, wants and, it to happen if it can happen safely but some people just think yeah. it, it, it can't for a variety of reasons um yeah one thing we didn't talk about was 
if the, the these three power five conferences go forward what's going to happen with the playoff i guess i guess the plan would just be it'll just be amongst those those three power five conferences well yeah, yeah unless yeah. the g5 team wants to get and in there as well pretty much everybody would be in a bowl game oh yeah bowl well, game so yeah. i don't know what's that won't really yeah who knows <laughs> but yeah. uh anyway okay anything else we we forgot to talk about i mean i'm sure we could go on for a long time here but we've gone on for about 45 minutes i think that's good yeah it's just gonna be it's gonna be interesting to watch the next dominoes to fall good or bad here uh you know this is a, obviously very fluid and it's gonna keep changing yeah yeah our podcast will be completely pointless tomorrow when so many news comes out it's like oh these guys are way in the past it's possible um yeah. one thing i don't worry about i think is we can we can come up with content even if there ends up not being a season in the fall we will we'll be here every week with the new episode so we could talk about clothing, be like, look at this newest fashion. I don't think we need to go that far, <laughs> but that is a nice zebra striped. It's <laughs> on the show every night. Wow. So Wow. Is that yours or? <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> wow. You think I would be caught dead in that? It's my wife's. <laughs> anyway. Wow. Uh, yeah. So that's a reminder. If you yeah. want to watch us on YouTube and see exactly what we're talking about. We, uh, oh, we yeah. have yeah. every episode. We'll have a Ryan's fashion segment, apparently, every... I every... could just try on everything in this closet. Ooh, I like that. Show. All right. Well, mm-hmm. God, we better hope there's a football season. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, thanks for listening to uh, this not-as-happy episode of the College Football Bros podcast. Uh, be sure you're subscribed, uh, both on YouTube and in your podcast app, and we will talk to you next week. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening. Have you been to Express lately? People can't get enough of their clothes. They're like insta-confidence boosters. The jeans come in a temp-control fabric that keeps you comfortable no matter the weather. And the t-shirts, hands down, they'll feel like they're made of the softest fabric you've ever worn. And get this, the suits have stretch and look sharp. Like, what? How do they do that? Everyone's raving about the newest looks from Express. Just check out the five-star reviews. See for yourself and shop the latest at Express.com and in stores.